It's always been a real hard grind uh, right at the start of setting up community radio stations in Australia. Of course, there was no Indigenous stations, as we know them today, and no First Nations media at all. And uh, we struggled really, really hard to even get any recognition to be on the table in terms of getting licences. So we had to form ourselves into a group of broadcasters, and the only time that they would give us was uh, 15 minutes a week on one of the community stations. 2SER in Sydney gave Tiger Bales a slot uh, on there of uh, 15 minutes. Some of the early people uh, involved in that, the two brothers, uh, the Thiodos, uh, Mick Thiodos and his brother who were involved in uh, setting up uh, Tamer in Townsville. Tiger Bales was on a station that started up uh, doing a program on Radio Redfern, as they called it in those days. And there was a guy called Lester Bostock who was doing a little bit of uh, film and TV. He was experimenting, doing some experimental stuff. So it was only a very small group of people. Dot West from uh, Broome was uh, one of the uh, prominent sort of people around in those sort of days too. More involved in TV and that sort of stuff. Uh, Wayne Wharton uh, was another. So it was only a very small catalyst of people that uh, sort of got together and went and argued for community radio stations. There was this narrative that Aboriginal people were radicals. They'd come out of the 10 embassy stuff and they'd come out of a lot of that. Still a narrative today. If you speak up, you you, you know, you're sort of uh, gaslighted pretty quickly these days. It was no different in those days. And um, you uh, had to struggle to get uh, some sort of recognition by, like I said earlier, getting a, a program onto a community radio that you could just play music, really. They didn't like you talking to any politics, you know. Uh, so you sort of had to weave that in, in, interweave that in with your uh, program. I worried about the voice. Same thing we're arguing about now about the voice, and I worried about the voices that of Aboriginal people getting together, having one national voice. And I think a, a good description of that is the 1988 Bicentennial. But people came together at the Bicentennial in 1988, and there was thousands and thousands of people marching in, in Sydney. It was just a spontaneous thing of people. And, of course, the government got scared. There's no two ways about that. They got scared and they saw that and then they started to started to negotiate and bring us into the fold in some kind of way with, with media. But um, to do that, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't say, well, we'll set you up like SBS or ABC, but we'll put you under this umbrella with the white fellas under community radio. So we can keep you there, we can keep our eye on you there, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's where we've ended up. Gary Foley, well-known person, was on 3CR radio in, in Melbourne for a long time in the early days, and he was able to, because 3CR were a progressive station, Gary was able to push a lot of is issues and a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff through. I was on a radio station at the time in, in Bendigo, in, uh, north, in central Victoria, and uh, we used to see each other on a regular basis in those days, and uh, uh, Gary was known as the Master Avenger. And I was a Mars Marvel, and we used to go by those sort of nicknames. But that was the real early days, and um, we were able to uh, make some inroads into stuff when we started to take them up with Indigenous issues and made a lot of ground. And then we formed up our own group, and of course that that group uh, was called Neighbour National Aboriginal Broadcasting Association. That uh, got legs for a bit and, and failed for a while, which a lot of organisations do. Then we started up again when ATSIC started, an organisation called NEMA. I was the chair of that for about 12 years. And uh, that ultimately failed just after the Olympics as well. And a um, bit of politics involved in that. And then we formed up another group called uh, ACRE, which uh, also failed. So we've had some failures in the group, but 
it's the only way to, to go forward is to uh, is to have these failures, you know. People get the idea that, look, if you, you, you fail, so you're a failure. You can't manage, you can't do this, you can't do that. NITV failed, and I, and I see that as just a stepping stone for NITV to do better things in the future. Having failed once, having learned the lesson, they'll get together one day again and, and, uh, and get out of that SBS uh, entanglement that they're in and uh, form their own uh, group uh, once again where they should be. We won't close the gap in any of the other stuff in the country until we close the gap in media services. And that's got to be the priority, a primary concern for the government. We can't come out from under that umbrella to be able to do these things ourselves. Had we had a, a national peak body ourselves to do that, peak organisation, we've got a peak body. But uh, if we had the, the bright organisational structure, we'd be able to move over that and help close the gap. The biggest reason why we can't close the gap is that uh, we've, we, is the connectivity. You know, I mean, we've got that, uh, for example, uh, we've got a community, a couple of communities on Skymuster. I mean, that Skymuster's shameful. That's the shameful thing that Telstra's put into these communities because of the buffering that you get. And, you know, a slice bit of rain. I mean, you get a, a, a tree branch uh, go across the top of, this, uh, of the beam and there's all these sorts of things in it. So that's one of the things that we, problems that we had is the fact that we've had NBN and Telstra who have been a huge failure in the bush. I mean, they, they look after their audience, of course, in the capital cities, which is, is their right to do. I mean, uh, the government sold out at Telstra. They only got 49% of it or something now. So what the overseas uh, investors in Telstra is what they get. And this is the same situation that we've got with the gas and, the, and everything else that we're running into, is that we don't, we haven't made anything in this country for 10 years. We haven't done anything for such a long time, is that the government now, the existing government, has to come from a long, long, long way back. And one of the things is connectivity. We've got next to no connectivity at all in the Torres Strait. I mean, I've just been reading some stuff about that. Very, very poor connectivity uh, up that way very poor connectivity in the remote communities in Australia. I mean, our whole program with, with the pandemic, I hate to say, but a lot of it was a failure because we didn't get the messages out to the people that we should have got them out to. And, um, and that was a failure because of the communication gap that we got. So that's the gap that we've got to close. So we need to embrace that, that technology that's out there. Some people have been in the industry a long time, including myself, that need to move aside you know, that, that are not up with the progressive uh, thinking that's in the sector at all and that are holding the, 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 the you know, holding the sector. It needs a whole heap of expenditure in the sector. It needs uh, the connectivity stuff I spoke about. It needs skills development, which uh, Karma do uh, quite a bit of that skills development. As you know, we've just lost another one of our trainees to the ABC and because we can't pay the same sorts of salaries as they do out in these other sectors in, in the ABC, or CBAA or CBF for that matter, is that the higher salaries at that end of the spectrum, but not at the lower end of the spectrum. So we need to lift that to give uh, kids out there an opportunity to come and, and work for something that's not peanuts, give them a, a really good pathway in life, rather than bring them in on the, you know, the very low trainee salaries and keep them there like CDP and keep them there for years until they just burn them out and just get sick and tired of it. Community radio is a great place that just eats people Choose them and spits them out. And this is the churn, uh, the churn that you get in this sort of radio. The cost of money to set up a radio station in uh, uh, Buralua or something, places like that, is, uh, is quite high. And uh, you have to maintain it with at least uh, four or five hours or six hours of programming a day. You need to be hooked into a, 
into a, like a hub station like Karma that you can uh, you know, have your bed program, have your news services, have your current affairs programs, all the stuff that we do, going out to those places as well to support them fully. And um, we've got new ways of doing that now, as you know, with our wide area network services now. Uh, and we're starting to develop these skills within the sector. But we're doing that. We haven't got anything being dangled at us like, well, here's 20-odd training positions or 15 or 10 or 5 or 1 training position for karma. Mm. We've got to find that within our existing budgets. So this is the downgrading of what's happened over the last 10, 10 years within the, within the sector where uh, funding hasn't changed at all, diddly squat, really. And uh, the only thing that uh, karma's been able to do is to monetize some of the uh, sponsorship announcements and stuff to be able to give us a, a, you know, some money that we can put back into the sector ourselves. At the highest level, we, we definitely need to think about establishing a national uh, body like SPS. That's the only way you can, that we can bring everybody under the one umbrella and have a, a proper management system above the top of that. It's no good having a peak body that you know, sits over in the industrial area that we don't, we don't see, nobody sees, nobody knows what they do, all of that sort of stuff, you know? All the things that we shouldn't be doing, we're doing. But the things we should be doing, we're not doing. And one of them is setting up a, a, a proper national uh, body that looks at the uh, whole radio industry as a whole. Forget about the television stuff. I mean, that should be handled by existing uh, TV uh, groups around the place and get back to some of the bones and some of the basic stuff of uh, what radio broadcasting is and the importance of radio broadcasting to the remote communities. Everybody knows karma. Everybody knows and they look for karma on the dial. And it's been said to me, if you want to listen to karma, you know, uh, badly enough, you'll find it somewhere on the dial, whether you're in Wollongong or wherever you are, you will get to hear it. Uh, because it is an information service. It's cut its teeth on being an information service. And, and it's like I said, it's the head of the spear and it should be like that and people should get their new service 24 hours a day, you know. They should get their, uh, their four or five bulletins of Aboriginal news service a day. All those things are achievable uh, and they're all really good uh, closing the gap outcomes if we can, uh, you know, get together and work at it. 300 tribes, 300 different points of view. The only uh, way forward with any of this is, I mean, China can put together all of its people at a national assembly. You see them all sitting in there. But uh, and we should have uh, the same tribal sort of uh, assembly of First Nations as well. It's no calling ourselves, no good calling ourselves First Nations if we're excluding uh, a bulk of the First Nations people, you know? I mean, there was so much exclusion at the Uluru Statement, it doesn't matter. And that's what's troubling people at the moment in the country, what I see, is that um, because of that exclusion that, that, that took place in those early days of negotiations and stuff, that, that people don't know what's going on. People are finding it very difficult to support that their arms are being twisted by people to support it and support it and support it. But there is a huge movement that's just at the moment and you're sitting on the fence.